0: So I was having a little uh, siesta this afternoon, and uh, for anyone who doesn't know, that's a nap. And uh, well, I was trying to have a nap, and uh, I was laying on my, kind of my bed, and I was looking up at the wall, and uh, my wife had this sign in our bedroom, and she, her sister did it for her. And it says, I still remember the days. Can you all see that? Yeah. All right, half you can, all right. I'll, I'll read it to you, okay? Um, I still remember the days I prayed for what I have now. And I just was like laying there and I couldn't sleep. And I just kept looking at it and looking at it and looking at it. I was like, man, like, like, it just kind of caught my attention. And tonight I want to spend a little bit of time talking about remembering. And, you know, I think a lot of us have had a hard time dreaming as of late. And for, for a Christian, for someone that follows Jesus, our dreams actually turn into prayers. And God puts big things in our hearts and he causes us to pray for really big, hairy, audacious things, and for a lot of us that are following Jesus, we have prayed and asked God for some pretty incredible things, and God has blessed beyond measure, and I think back to my own story and how Jesus came into my life when my life was an absolute train wreck, and Jesus came in, and he changed my life. He gave me peace and joy, and he gave me purpose and meaning. And God began unfolding his plan in my life. And I started praying some big prayers. Now, Like I started praying for, for a wife. And I started praying for my kids. And I started praying that God would move in the Maritimes. And I started praying that people would come to know Jesus. And, and I've been following Jesus now for probably the last 16 years. And I've seen God do some amazing things. And so this kind of sign is I think it's a good reminder to say like there was a point in time When I prayed for those things, and God brought those things about. And it's so important for us to actually remember that. To not forget that there was a point in time when we prayed for our family member to come to know Jesus. There was a certain time when we prayed for a stronghold to be broken in our lives. And it's important for us to actually go back and remember that we pray to prayer, and that Jesus actually made a difference in our life. That's why, that's why our testimonies are actually so important to share. And I'm thankful tonight to have opportunity to talk about vision. And last week we talked a little bit about, um, you know, investing in the mission and why it's important to invest our time, our talent, and our treasure because lost people really matter, amen? Like, what's more of a priority to Jesus than people that don't know him. And we're called actually to invest in that mission to see lost people reach for the sake of the gospel. And so that's kind of what I talked about last week. And tonight I want to talk about where we've been as a church, where we are right now, and where God is taking us. That's kind of where we're going tonight. And time and again throughout the scriptures, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, people would retell the story of God. And so this was, it was a constant thing. And, and if you read the Bible, the Bible was actually written at a time where people would just learn to retell the story over and over again, because they didn't have iPads, they didn't have loose leaf, they didn't even have a pen. They, they didn't have part, parchment in the Old Testament. And how they shared the stories of the Scripture that we have today was actually through storytelling, through oral tradition. And so they would learn to tell the stories with such great precision and accuracy that, so they could pass on the stories to generation, to generation, to generation. And so all through the Old Testament and even into the New Testament, we actually see examples of people, leaders, sharing the story of God. And they shared God's story. Why? So they could remember what God had done before. And be reminded what God is doing now and remind in the future, no matter what obstacles we're coming up against, that God would be with them in the future. And so tonight I want to just take a few moments to share God's story found in Scripture. Because I think it's helpful for us to understand the God at which we serve here today is the same God that was working in the Bible and that same God that led a people through the process of what he led them through is that same God that's leading us here today. And so in this scripture, there's this guy named Abraham. And God calls Abraham. He's saying, Abraham, I want you to leave your home and native land. I want you to go to a land that I will show you. And I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make your descendants like the sand on the seashore. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. And so Abraham's like, sounds good to me, bro. Let's go. And Abraham gets up from his land and moves to this land that the Lord showed him. And then Abraham has a son named Isaac. And Isaac marries Rebecca. And Isaac and Rebecca have two sons, Jacob and Esau. And if you've never seen a biblical soap opera, read that story. It is cray, all right? <laughs> a lot going on. But, and it's interesting because Jacob is called Jacob because he's a deceiver. And yet, despite what blows me away about the Old Testament, is despite sinful man and all their mistakes and miss God still unfolds his plan. And he does with Jacob. And Jacob wrestles with God. And God actually forms the nation of Israel through Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons. And then the 12 tribes of Israel come through the person of Jacob. And Jacob has a son. And I think it's probably my favorite Old Testament story, the story of Joseph. And, and uh, Joseph gets his brothers and fathers kind of worked up a little bit because he has these two dreams about him basically ruling over him. And so anyways, long story short, Joseph ends up in slavery in Egypt. And the verse in Genesis chapter 45 says, as he meets with his brother, says, what you intended for harm, God actually intended for good. And it was actually God's plan for Joseph to be in Egypt to actually preserve his people, the 12 tribes and his dad, Jacob. Because Joseph's placed in second in command over all the nation of Israel, of all the nation of Egypt. And during the famine... He's able to provide for his family. And so the children of Israel settle into this land of Egypt. But then the Bible says here in Exodus that something happened. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. So a new pharaoh showed up who didn't know Joseph. And they enslaved the people of God into harsh slavery. And God's people, while they're in Egypt, started crying out to God, saying, God, deliver us. Like, we can't take this anymore. How many have ever been there before? You feel like, man, God, help. We can't take this anymore, right? Ever prayed those kinds of prayers before? Well, I was the children of Israel, and guess what happens when we pray those kinds of prayers? God hears us. He does. God, deliver us. We need your help. And the Bible teaches us that God heard the cries of the people, and raised up Moses. And Moses was sent to Pharaoh, and I just read it in my Bible reading. And Moses went to Pharaoh and, and, and delivered the messages to him and the warnings. And finally, Pharaoh, after many plagues, let God's people go. But kind of, because he chased after them. And the children of Israel find themselves standing before the Red Sea, with an army of Egyptians behind them. And they're in that spot where they're like, God, like, we absolutely need you right now, or we're done. And so another one of those prayers goes up, like, Lord, we need you. And what does God do? The God that we serve still here today, the same God that we serve, parts the Red Sea and lets the people of Israel go through and delivers them from the hand of the Egyptians. And so that was amazing. God, the Bible says, with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, God delivered his people. And then God promises to bring his people into a promised land. The land that God actually had promised way back when to Abraham. And so it was really exciting. God had an amazing future for his people. And so... The children of Israel being led by Moses, wandering around by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God was directing them. They went up and checked out this promised land. There was 12 of them that were sent out. They went up and spotted out the land, and the land looked awesome. It was a land, the Bible says, flowing with milk and honey. But the Bible says that of the 12 people that went up to check out the land, 10 of them came back and said, the land is indeed flowing with milk and honey, but there's giants in there, and we can't go. But two scouts says, "No, the Lord has been with us." He's like the two other people are like, "The Lord just parted the Red Sea; He set us free from the Egyptians." Like we got God on our side. Like giddy up, let's go, right? But everyone believed the report of the ten scouts and said the challenges are too big; we can't do it, and so. What was supposed to be an 11-day journey into the promised land turned into 40 years of wandering around in the desert, in the wilderness. But God was still with his people. That's what I love about him. Like, even when we're disobedient, even when we don't listen to God, God's still with us. Some of us feel like we've missed a mark in our lives. Sometimes we feel like we've blown it over and over again. And i got some good news to tell you. Despite us missing out maybe at times on God's perfect plan for us, God still loves us. He's still for us. And He still provides for us. Because what did God do to the children of Israel? Despite them not listening to Him every single day for 40 years, God provided manna and quail for them to eat every single day. Manna that just appeared miraculously from heaven. And then God would eventually lead his people into the promised land. And then we know the story of David, where David and Solomon eventually would build a temple where they worshiped God. And they thought that was going to fix everything. They could worship God in a permanent place. But as we read the rest of God's story, we quickly discover that the people of Israel started committing adultery on God and started getting astray. And we quickly discover that the temple system wasn't adequate. And the prophets warned everyone, saying, hey, you're going the wrong way. You need to stop and turn or you're going to be sent into exile. But they didn't listen. And God sent his people into exile because the system was inadequate to fix our sin problem. But all of this, all happening at the same time, was God's way of setting the stage for ultimately him to send his son Jesus to fix our sin problem. And the Bible says in John chapter 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so the good news for you and for me today is that anyone who believes in Jesus, believes that he died and rose again, can be forgiven, adopted, and made new. So if you're here today, you've never made the decision to accept Jesus Christ to come into your life. The moment you put your faith in him, God forgives you, God makes you part of his family, and God gives you a new life. That's the story of God. And the story of Coastal Church intersects with the story of God at that very point. Because we exist here at Coastal to boldly and unapologetically declare that we believe that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, and that by faith in him, you can be forgiven, you can have a new destiny, and God can fill your life with purpose and meaning. We boldly stand on that statement. And we believe Jesus died for you. That's why Coastal exists. And you know, I brought some rocks in here today. And the children of Israel, this one says, patience, my dear, patience. But one of the things the children of Israel would do to remember was every once in a while they'd put what's called an Ebenezer stone or form stones at a certain spot for them to be able to look back and say, thus far God has brought us. And so they would place that stone as a memory to look back and remember. As you look back on your life, you see, hey, God was with us there. And he's going to be with us now. And he's going to be with us in the future. You tracking? And here at Coastal Church... We've had a bit of a journey too, kind of like the children of Israel. Haven't we? Huh? Amen. Yeah, it's been a journey. And so I've got five rocks here tonight. And I want to talk about kind of our five legs of the journey here. We started off in the high school. And uh, so much of what have we done, like nothing's come easy. Like our very, very first service was in a snowstorm. Right? It's like it could it wasn't a sunny day, it wasn't nice. Like, I remember us having the conversation of should we cancel? And 180 people showed up. And God did some amazing things in the high school. There's people in this room right now that accepted Jesus, and your life is not the same. And so we kind of started having services in there. In September, we launched officially as a church and We were in there for seven months, and we watched God do some amazing things. And I remember that fisherman's service when I think it was over 300 people showed up. And it was just amazing what God was doing. And then after seven months, we were a seven-month-old baby. The pandemic came, and we all went to online church. But we figured out what to do. The Lord was faithful then, and the Lord was faithful in that. And the Lord just helped us to not just roll over and give up. And we just made every effort to minister to people in that season. We did online Bible classes and all kinds of different things in those seasons. And then, once the pandemic opened up, we, we couldn't go back to the high school, so we brought out rock number two. We moved here! And then God had us in this season. So we had the high school, is this little Patience dear rock, and then we moved here, and God had us in here for this season, and This was not ideal. We couldn't have one service anymore, right? We have two services. We had to navigate that, but the Lord was faithful. He was with us before, and he was with us now. And there's, I was watching on Facebook today, and I seen Doreen's testimony of getting baptized right over there in this building. Sorry to put you on the spot, dear. But you're just right there, so. And God did stuff in this space. He was faithful to change lives then. And then another lockdown came. And then out of the lockdown, we decided to shift over to the curling club. Remember that? This is, the, this is the memory stones right here, okay? Then we had the, hey, it's a rock, like curling, right? Right? Like 70, you got that. Okay, good. Awesome. Awesome. Then we had the season in the summer at the curling club. And how many of you know the curling club wasn't ideal either? For anyone that knows sound, acoustics aren't that great over there. And it was like just a cement floor. But we didn't care, right? Wasn't ideal, wasn't good, but we made it work. The Lord helped us make this work, and people's lives were impacted there. And then after that, <laughs> guess what happens in curling rings come the fall? The ice goes back in. So guess where we went? Back here. It's like Lions Hall 2.0, another rock, right? But was the Lord faithful in this last season we've been in? Was he faithful in all those seasons? Is he faithful right now? And will he be faithful to Coastal Church in our future? Amen. Because God has a plan for you individually, and God has a plan for us as a group of people. And I believe that with my whole heart. That whatever season we're in, we say that tonight, God is going to lead us forward. And we're about to start a fifth season. I don't even know if I can put this up on the table. I didn't plan it. I just randomly picked the rocks as I was preaching through the sermon. So this was not planned. I was like, I'm going to save that one because I don't really want to lift it. But God has a new season for us as a church. And I'm cautiously excited and cautiously optimistic and I want to share an update that many of you have been waiting for tonight. We do find ourselves at another intersection, and we need to remember that God was with us. As we prayed as a group of elders and staff, we really feel like the next step for us is to move um, across from Smith & Watt upstairs um, to Passage Pub, the old Passage Pub. Yeah, the old passage. It's so funny because I like talked to Brett before the service. I was like, Brett, how should I word this? And I just totally botched it. (laughs) Way to go, Jay. Literally. And so I say cautiously optimistic because there's still things to do and we don't know how long the next chapter will be. But we do know that starting in March, we'll be making the move and our church will be happening there. And so... And so we have work to do there, and we'll be sharing more with you in the weeks to come. And I do want to say there's a lot of positives about this space. It does al- allow us to no longer have to do set-up and tear-down. It does allow us to have space for meeting and connecting with people. It does allow us to actually do kids' ministry and nursery, which currently we're not able to do. This space doesn't facilitate that. And once restrictions lift, there's a world where all of our ministries can function under that space. And I know a number of you asked about the elevator, and the company has th- that owns the building has agreed to put the elevator in, but we do have an agreement in the lease that if it's not done in the timeline, in a timely manner, we can break the lease. That's why I say I'm cautiously optimistic. I wanna get rip-roar and excited tonight, but we have to be cautiously optimistic. But I'm hopeful, but I'm also cautious. And for those that maybe, because we're gonna be in there before the elevator, there may be some that are unable to access the space, The staff is working on ways in which they can still get um, the content from our ministry. And we're also willing to help from a connection team standpoint to help people um, make their way up the stairs and so on and so forth. But I did want to share that with you. We still have giants to face, but thus far, God has brought us. Amen. He's with us now, and he'll be with us in the future. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on back up. Now, I know tonight's message was really directed at us as a church. But I also want to speak to you individually. Because I think some of us have stopped dreaming and praying big prayers. And I believe that God wants you to dream again. Because there's things that God has in your future. And some of them are actually unlocked through prayer. And maybe you feel like, I don't know how to pray and I just need someone to pray for me. Like, there's things going on in my life. I feel like I'm up against the Red Sea. There's a stronghold I have in my life, and I need someone to pray for me to break through. And I just want to say to you tonight, like, I'm actually going up for prayer tonight. Because I need it. Because, like, I'm like the the leader standing at the Red Sea, and I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. But, God, my eyes are on you. Would you just help me as a leader and as a dad and as a father? Would you just Help me to be who I need to be. And so I just really felt led to have our last time in this service, we kind of changed right before the service started, to have an extended time of prayer right across the front here. Before we do that, I'm actually going to ask Lindsay to come up, and she's going to share a few things before we go into a time of prayer.
1: Hello, everyone. Some of you may recognize me from being up here before. Um, before Christmas, we had the sermon Unexpected Prayer go on, and I felt so led to share my story, and I hope that somebody comes up for prayer, and I just hope my message gets across. And So it started about ten years ago. I was not going to church, not praying, not anything, and I felt a little empty on the inside, and then fast forward a few years, back in 2018, uh, we had a house fire, and we lost everything, and I felt defeated, and discouraged, and knocked down, and my daughter had a Sunday school concert at church, and I didn't want to go, I was like, really, (laughs) do I have to go? And I went, and complete strangers asked if they could pray over me, me, myself and my husband. And I said, sure, not thinking that it would change my life, not thinking that it would affect me at all. And so they put their hands over us, and they prayed, and my life was changed. And the power of prayer is so huge and I'm just (laughs) what it has done for me and my family is incredible our whole lives have changed and I have a stage fright fear and I'm obviously getting over that because I feel so led just to encourage others to make the step don't be afraid you will have to sacrifice things Sometimes that's a bad thing, and sometimes that's a really good thing. And I have made changes in my life and my family's lives, and it's incredible. It's incredible. And there's power in prayer. So please, if you feel stuck, if you feel like you know exactly what to pray for or you have no idea what to pray for, you don't have to know. But there's power in somebody else praying over you. You might pray every day, and you might just feel like your prayer is not being heard. And when somebody else prays for you, it's a whole different level. It's it's incredible. So please, just if you feel like there's something missing, get somebody to pray with you and for you.
0: That's all I can say. Amen. So we're gonna open up the front. We've never done this before, at Coastal. Like open up the whole front. We're gonna have people up here. Um, prayer people, just come on up front right now, and please don't, please don't hesitate. Like I just felt so compelled that people need to be prayed for tonight. And this is, if this is you're new to church, this might be a brand new thing for you. All we're simply doing here tonight is literally praying to God on behalf of someone else. So whether you're here for the first time or whatever, um, I just want to encourage you. No pressure. But based on what Lindsay shared, and I just felt so strong from the Holy Spirit tonight that people need to be prayed for. So if you feel that prompting that the Lord's leading you to step out and come up and have someone pray for you, we're just going to linger here for a few minutes. We totally changed the plan for the end of the service, but we're led by His Spirit. Amen? So, so I'll invite you at this time, as you feel led, just to hop up from your seat, come forward, and we'd love to pray with you.